0: okay here we go now put it in reverse got it now forward okay first now turn the wheel all right turn the wheel no
1: reverse Left reverse right. slow the no. out! go kill it kill it kill the motor. there's a reason they say curse like a sailor i reverse many reasons progressives boat insurance has you covered quote today at progressive.com progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates
0: well we're docked now
2: Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show. We are brought to you by CLNS Media. I am your host, Keith Smith, and we have a lot going on for posterity's sake. We are recording this on Sunday morning, February 3rd, Super Bowl Sunday. We are about a four day five days out from the trade deadline, depending on how you count today and count thursday but we're we're almost there less than a week it is uh things are really heating up around the n b a we had a couple trades go down this past week that we're going to talk about, and then lots and lots of rumors, so we're gonna get into that a little bit of a different show. This week, we're not going to do Division of the Week. There's just too much news and too much good stuff going on for that. So those will come back. uh, Probably not next show because we're probably going to have some trade deadline wrap-up stuff to do. But probably the the show after that, we'll get back into the Divisions of the Week. We're also going to talk about the NBA All-Stars and talk about our thoughts on those. Of course, all the other transactions that happened around the league in the past week, as well as some injury updates. And then we'll close out with some specific questions about the trade deadline. So I want to bring in my co-host, Pete Toll. Pete, how are you this morning?
0: Oh, doing great. Ready to dive into this uh, juicy episode, so to speak. So, All
2: right, Pete. People will hear this tomorrow, but go on record. What's your Super Bowl pick for tonight?
0: All right, you're going to hate this, Keith, because obviously you're the Patriots fan, but I'm going to go with the Rams uh, 34-31 over the Patriots. I think, I think they narrowly pull it out, and I think uh, Zerline ends up kicking the game-winning field
2: goal. Con cut his mic for the rest of the show, <laughs> uh, and now bringing in Con, our co-host, our co-host and producer, Con Arell. Con, how are you this morning? I'm doing great.
3: uh right. And if you ask me to pick That's a Super it. Bowl pick, it'll Super be Bowl. completely random. And just to get on your good, good side, Keith, I'll just go with the Patriots. And I'm in Boston, so like it's gonna be a fun time if they win.
2: That a boy, That a boy. Uh, yeah, right, no, I know mean, nothing about football. <laughs> you're, you're off the show, so we just <laughs> on again for the rest there of the you day. Go. Here. Actually, Pete, I do want to go to you. So, if um, we're going to go to you early here on this this episode, so Con and I broke down the New York Knicks Dallas Mavericks trade um, in a separate, completely uh, focused episode, really on that. I think we got into a little bit of Anthony Davis talk towards the end, but it was it was really focused on that trade really went into detail uh, just to remind everybody what the details were the New York Knicks acquired DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, Dennis Smith and two first round picks those picks are now known, Con and I uh, recorded early and we, we didn't have all the details around those picks so what it's going to be, the picks that the Dallas Mavericks are going to send the New York Knicks, earliest one will be a unprotected first rounder in 2021 Dallas has an outstanding obligation that they have to up. With the Atlanta Hawks So that depending on when that happens um, It'll really be How it's going to work is it's going to be two years after Whenever Dallas sends a first To the Hawks that's an unprotected uh, Pick for that first pick Then they send a second pick To the uh Knicks as well which that one's top 10 protected the earliest that one could go is 2023 then basically back everything up a year if it uh, if they don't send a pick to the hawks in 2019 everything backs up eventually that second pick turns into second round picks uh way down the line if if we have to hold out quite that long for it to go on dallas's side the mavericks for those three players in those two first round picks they acquired chris Haps, porzingis Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke. Dallas as part of the trade because they brought in four players and sent out only three. They had to waive somebody. They waived Raymond Spaulding, who will carry a cap hit into the next season. He was on a uh, one of those hinky special contracts, which was a four-year deal with some partial guarantees. So $838,464 cap hit for the this season as his contract became fully guaranteed at the beginning part of January. And then a cap hit, which was 50% guaranteed for next year of $708,426. Not a big deal for the Mavs because, as you can tell, when they brought in the uh, Hardaway and Lee they obviously kind of took themselves out of being cap space team this coming summer. So, Pete, I said I was going to go to you. Con and I already gave our thoughts on the trade. Give us your kind of quick thoughts on, you know, did this deal from from let's start with the Knicks perspective. How do you think they did in this trade?
0: Um, Well, I feel like they did pretty well just based on you got a guy that and Porzingis did not want to be there. So you get rid of him being disgruntled, you get off of Tim Hardaway Jr.'s money um, and you get what is it? $74 million in cap space and that potentially it's
2: gonna it's gonna depend on where their first round pick falls Mm -hmm. Uh, it's gonna be somewhere between call call it 70 and you know uh, 72 million it's it's, yeah somewhere between 70 and 75 and it also depends on what they do with Alonzo Trier is kind of the only other guy who's who's up in the Mm -hmm. air but but it's it's yeah it's it's 70 plus million uh you know almost certainly coming the next way
0: yeah you potentially get what two max slots. So yep. say you get a KD, um, everybody in their grandma throws out Kyrie Irving, which I, you you could say, whatever, I'm not going to get into that part of it, but you've got, you know, guys like Kimball Walker out there, you know, there's other free agents that you could potentially lure to um, New York. And that doesn't mean that, you know, they have to go the route of Phil Jackson where they dump all this money to you know, bad players. Cause they need to spend it. They could always, if they don't get who they want you know, in both slots this year, they could always, you know, at least get one and then maybe try to get somebody else the following year, um, as they build towards the future. But I, I feel like they had to make this move because rather than waiting and, you know, Porzingis really being, you know, kind of a thorn in their side later, they go ahead and make the move. You get Dennis Smith jr. who Fiz- David Fisdale is going to put the ball in his hands a ton. Um, I do think with Wes Matthews, I think he definitely um, is a buyout candidate. I'm not, I want to say DeAndre Jordan could be flipped in a trade. That's kind of where I'm leaning. I just don't think that neither one of them kind of fits where they're going, which is basically, you know, tanking the season. Um, So that's kind of my thoughts on where New York is. And I just feel like Smith, you know, Kevin Knox, those two guys there, um, then you get, you know, like you said, the draft pick in. You know, looking at 2021, 2022, depending on where it falls there, that's a good piece, especially if you get some veterans around that you can bring in another young guy that could potentially, based on the age limit, kind of, um, you know, really turn out well for the Knicks.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of with you on Jordan and Matthews. I think they're going to look they can't. They can't put them in the same deal because they're not allowed to re reaggregate aggregate their their salaries together. But they could, you know, I think they'll look all the way up till Thursday to flip by their guy. And then I think there's a good chance we see the Knicks. I think they could buy out three guys off of this roster. I think Jordan and Matthews are good candidates if they're still on the team post trade deadline. Then I think Ennis Cantor will also be bought out. I I don't think they're going to have any interest. And then I think they'll fill out with, you know, 10 day guys and whatever else for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. As we go, because this is all about the the young guys. I also uh, I, I have a hard time believing Noah Vonley finishes the year on the next. I think they'll trade him for you know a small asset going forward. That that would just make almost too much sense for them to do that. It just you know it doesn't it doesn't make sense for them to do do much else um there so in are they're certain one thing for certain is they're not going to take on any money in any trades because they are going to sit you know right there on their uh you know two max slots so con mm-hmm. i want to go to you now that we know the pick details of what are going to the next i i think we both kind of I think we both liked it for both sides. If I remember back to our episode from a couple of days ago, but are we? Do you feel a little differently now? Do you like it more for the Knicks now that you know it? What the two first round picks are that are going their way? Con, I think you might be on mute.
3: Yes, I am on mute. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know? Do we know that? Or did we know that it was two? Or were we just?
2: You know, I don't even remember now. I, I think I, I think we this. didn't
3: know it was two. Yeah, we didn't know I it was we... two. But what we were thinking was that the uh, this year's pick might become unprotected, and that was a really big factor. Um, but I think the picks make sense. I mean, the two one being unprotected, one being top. 10 protected and the like likelihood that it goes out to 2025 and doesn't become a second first is so unlikely that like I don't really consider that a factor so like the the pick it didn't really uh, change my mind um obviously if we thought it was only one pick it's better for the Knicks but I don't think it's that much worse for Dallas because with Porzingis and Doncic and whoever else they add plus like I don't know I I just think Dallas's future is really bright so I don't think those picks out in the 2023-2025 season is gonna matter too much but that 2023 unprotected even though they might be really good the 15th pick is going to be like the eighth pick in any other draft because it's a double draft it could be a double draft that year um so that's just one factor to consider but even then i think it's fine because porzingis is 23 and he was considered by a lot of people in the top 20 uh in terms of players in the league when he was healthy and playing and dominating Mm -hmm. so to get that type of player that's the whole goal is to get that type of player. And now you have two of those types of players and that's kind of the baseline for competing, especially when this golden state warriors team, hopefully, I, mean, I don't know. Hopefully I wouldn't say hopefully, but like if Kevin Durant leaves, it's going to be a much more open field and Dallas wants to take advantage of that.
2: Yeah. And I, in I said it on our other show. So it bears worth repeating here is it's not that the Mavericks are, you know, content to throw away lottery picks by any means, but they are, They're of the belief that if they're giving up late first rounders, which I think they're saying Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis if healthy, we're a playoff team. Mm -hmm. So I think their belief is that we can go find first round talent elsewhere around the globe. That are maybe a little bit older european players they think guys like maxi kleba um you know uh, dorian finney smith's not a european player but you know local guy solid measured guys who can be rotation caliber guys which that's really what you're drafting you know when you're in the 20s anyway so doing so it's where the mavs are all right Pete, give us your mavericks thoughts uh real quick you know on on their side of this deal, is they get Porzingis, and then they you know i, I think it's I, I think it's being maybe a little unfairly spawned as they ate hardaway junior and league these um contracts because those guys are still productive rotation players you know on a decent team the Knicks obviously had no real interest in that but but I think they're okay too but what do you think
0: I mean I like Hardaway because he can you know space the floor and then same thing with Courtney Lee so I think they absolutely do contribute Luka Doncic's court visions obviously going to help both of them um I think you mentioned it in the the episode you guys recorded um you know a couple days ago that Tim Hardaway Jr. fits best in a system and that was perfectly you know i was like man that's like spot on cuz obviously in budenholzer's system you know he he thrives so i think he'll he'll do well there i do like that they the the possibility of or probably the the likelihood of porzingis sitting out the entire season um that uh, not only gets him back you know to 100% but that builds chemistry you know even more with luka doncic and and just working on how they're really going to fit in the offense and and build around them it's just going to really depend on what happens with, you know, the opt-in. I believe it's you know Harrison Barnes and is it Dwight Powell's the other one that they have?
2: Yeah, a, yeah, you know, and they're decisions. both going to opt-in.
0: Yeah, and, and I I think they may look, you know, to try to move Harrison Barnes maybe out of there, but I don't think it's something that they're aggressively trying to push. But you know, I could see that possibly happening. But I think this is one of those trades where you're going to look back and you're going to say, okay, it turned out well for. For both sides, you know, I am leaning a little bit more to obviously early success to the Dallas Mavericks before the New York Knicks, because right now we can all speculate that two major, major all stars are going to go to the Knicks. But until it actually happens, you kind of have to um, give a little bit slight edge to the Dallas Mavericks just based on, um, you know, the proponents of of the trade right now.
2: Yeah, this is one where we can't judge much about this trade until we see what the Knicks do in free agency. And then when we see Porzingis back on the floor next year, and him really as part of that, what kind of contract the Mavericks give him this summer. The early reporting was that he's going to sign the qualifying offer. I believe we talked this on the other show, but but I want to you know, mention it again here. Because he's not going to meet the starter criteria, his qualifying offer is only going to be about $4.5 million or so. That means off a first-year max salary, he'd be giving up about $23 million. That's not going to happen. Like, that's not – you know, I mean – I know, you know, people are like, oh, poor Zingus made a lot of money because he was a high pick anyway. And, you know, his brother and him have these other plans. He's not going to give up that much money. You know, and that's not saying the Mavs are definitely going to max him out or anything like that. But, but just, you know, be realistic that if the Mavericks throw him anywhere near a max contract, he's going to sign it. He's not going to just sign the qualifying offer. And I don't think that's – I think that might have been left over from, from the Knicks time where he was – Basically saying, hey, I'll just sign the qualifying offer. I'm not re-signing here long term. I don't think he was at all happy in New York. I don't think he had any interest in sticking around there. So, you know, we'll see. I don't don't know my doubts. But, yeah, before you get too too heavily into judging this trade, you you just want to really, you know – be careful because we don't know we they, if you want to hold out for the first round picks to see where they land well that could be quite a while before we know with those but it's you know as it stands right now I think both teams did well here I think the Mavericks accomplished their goal of getting a really good young player who's productive that pairs great with Luka and then I think the Knicks did their goal of now they've got those two max salary slots going at all right let's let's break down the the monster uh trade though of the week the Chicago Bulls they <laughs> <laughs> they traded for uh, Timothy Lawau Kabaro um, in order to create that roster spot to bring him in as they had a full roster. They finally waived Carmelo Anthony. Obviously no takers for Carmelo at this point. The Bulls did what anyone else would have done, which was eat his salary. No one else was willing to do it when Chicago did it, so no one else was going to do it now. They bring in the Cabarro, uh really eating eating his deal from the Oklahoma City Thunder who have done a fantastic job they've lowered their their luxury tax bill from well over a hundred million dollars to under sixty um which is still a you know pretty significant figure, but that's you know really really good as they got off a lot of money they are um they' the thunder in the uh you know The higher bracket tax penalties because of how far over the tax they are so they're really getting you know kind of popped pretty good on those ones but you know anthony now free we'll see what happens with him i don't want to spend any time on that speculation we've we've talked it already con you're the bulls fan the um luau do you feel like this is a worthy flyer or are you just like whatever who cares he's not really gonna do anything for us
3: I mean, the most active team in trade discussions is at it again, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> Three times now they, they were able to get cash uh, for tax teams trying to reduce their tax bill. <laughs> um, TLC, I mean, sure, I, I, I'll i take a flyer on him. I don't even know if he's going to be on the roster for another week because yeah. the Bulls might just waive him and get more cash from another team. So <laughs> I think until the roster is really set for the rest of the year, I don't really have too many opinions on TLC. He didn't really perform uh, up to par with what was expected of him at Philly. And then now um, with the Thunder, he wasn't really in the rotation either. So I don't know if he can break into the rotation with the Bulls. This was definitely just another... I I hope it's the Bulls trying to build goodwill with all these teams. Hey, look, like we we let you pay less tax so let's do a deal down the line or I don't know how that works but it's just crazy how they do this over and over week after week
2: Well it's funny you say that because a lot of those that's the question a lot of people are like you know and the running joke is oh Jerry White run so if you're going to get a utility infielder with this you know 1.5 million for the Chicago White Sox and there's probably some level of truth to, to that but it's exactly what you said though this is why you do these kind of deals is because you're building that goodwill you're building that relationship with people and saying hey you know we did you a favor you know help us out down the line this often gets paid back a lot of times in things like like a draft pick um you know later like hey we we're there's a guy we really like and he's at 45 and you've got the 45th pick you know what do you think about kicking that our way and then a lot of times that, you know, those things will happen, you know, as well as then it makes future trade discussions easier. Pete, you, you got, you're, you're the 76ers fan. You guys had Lawa Wukabaro mm-hmm. for a couple of years, first two years in the league. And then, um, before trading in to Oklahoma City. Oklahoma right. City obviously declined his fourth-year uh, team option on his rookie-scale deal, so it will be an unrestricted free agent this summer. But, you know, is there is there anything left in this guy? And I'll give my quick opinion. He never really impressed me. I never really yeah. saw it with this guy. So what do you think?
0: Uh, same. I mean, I feel like all the potential was there, but just like, you know, the ability to knock down shots, which is what he should have been, a 3-and-D wing, yep. and, you know, good length. As well, And it just like, it's almost like, you know, he'd have a good game and then, you know, just so inconsistent, um, you know, three or four games where he wouldn't do anything in the box score doesn't shoot it that great from three, um, yeah. obviously has not played hardly at all for Oklahoma City only appearing in 21 games, just never really able to carve out a role. I mean, he couldn't, um, you know, there's a couple, obviously, you know, wings on Oklahoma City, so it was a little bit difficult now in Chicago, I mean he's battling Wayne Selden for minutes. Um, once Chandler Hutchinson comes back, I think Hutchinson obviously takes back the small forward starting small forward role. So like content, I don't know that he gets you know a you know bona fide rotation spot so to speak. I think he'll be the same as he was in Oklahoma City if he's on the roster to where he plays some games, some games he doesn't, and I don't know that that helps his game. Um, You know, to where a team may look at him in in the offseason. So potentially, you know, he may be overseas at, at this point.
2: Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think, you know, he might be one of those guys that goes overseas and then maybe we see him come back, mm-hmm. you know, later down the line or he could, you know, maybe he goes the route of, you know, G League or, you know, if he wants to stay on this side. Um, but he, he projects as one of those guys, he'd probably make a lot more money overseas mm-hmm. um, than, you know, kind of hanging around the NBA on minimum contracts and things like that. So, all right. Now, the other thing with, with the Chicago Bulls recent reporting, which is something that I can back as I have heard as well is, Everybody bought Wendell Carter Jr. and Lori marketingin. They're open for business on the entire roster. They're willing to talk Zach Levine, Chris Dunn uh, obviously Robin Lopez um Jabari Parker, if anybody's you know interested uh bobby Portis, who's who's a pending restricted free agent coming this summer so so Con, are you? Is is this the right move for the Bulls? Do you think, you know, yeah, blow this up, clear out as much as you can, and and let's just build around Carter or Markkinen, or are there guys in that mix? that you are like, I'd rather see them hang on to this guy?
3: I'd rather see them hang on to both of those players um, in terms of Dunn and Levine because I think I I haven't given up on, like, the players uh, on the team. I think there's still a lot of potential there. But it's just the way that everything else is being handled has been questionable. So that's why I just, I don't know. I, I, with the Bulls, I don't even know what to think anymore. Um, they can call if they if there's a solid deal. I don't think that they're going to be able to, they're going to actually pull a deal for Dunn and Levine. Because I think for them, they need to be the, the clear winners of a trade like that. So yeah. they, you know, like some team is going to have to offer a lot more than any team would probably want to offer for the Bulls to accept. So I'm not really worried about those guys leaving. Um, At least they got it right with taking Wendell Carter and Lowry Markinen off the table. And then when it comes to Robin Lopez and Jabari, it's tough because Robin Lopez is a prime buyout candidate. And I don't know if anyone is trying to give up assets to get him, Uh, maybe. But there's just a lot more other pieces uh, on the market right now that will probably come ahead of Robin Lopez in anyone's board. And then uh, Jabari Parker is kind of similar story. Um, You can wait to get him instead of giving up an asset because, no, I just don't see anyone wanting to give up an asset for them.
2: Yeah, with, with Parker especially too, it's one of those things where, ideally what the bulls would do they they will not do this but they would use his twenty million to eat a contract that's bad into next season and just take that that cap hit on and get a you know whoever that player is and another pick or a young player along with them they're not going to do that though they 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 still are you know they believe in their cap space and themselves as a market so that's probably not going to happen in Lopez I think I think what we're seeing is his markets you know been somewhat limited because of what you said con is everybody just assumes they're gonna buy him out but the challenge what could pick up is if he is serious about saying i'm just going to golden state if i get bought out like that's done you could see a team come in and say you know what then we we don't want that to happen let's let's snag them for ourselves it's just you know for 14 million plus that that's not as easy put together as you know if he was making you know uh, nine or ten uh pete i'm assuming you're you're in the same boat um is there is there anybody else on this roster that besides the guys Con mentioned that you would say yeah you know don't don't do it let's just stick with you know d- these young guys you know build it up or you you know yeah move everybody but Carter and
0: it. No, I mean I like I like Levine and I mean I would if the right potential deal comes their way for Chris Dunn maybe, mm-hmm. um, but outside of that I mean I I don't feel like I, I mean to me it starts with you know, upper management and making a change there than the coach, but that's a whole nother story that we've already covered many times, <laughs> yeah. but I just feel like, you know, this whole, let's blow this thing up. And, you know, cause really, if you look at Levine, like I don't know what the market is now. I mean, as far as, you know, what teams would potentially be interested, but really Sacramento was the only one to throw it, you know, anything his way. And I mean, they're set with healed and Bogdanovich and, You know, good, good roster there. So, I mean, I've, and I like Levine. I mean, I feel like he'll fit a little bit better once you get more consistency from the top and then get better players around him, you know, a little bit. So, you know, no, I, I wouldn't make a panic move and sell off the whole roster.
2: Yeah, I think that's the right move. All right, we spent more than enough time on the Chicago Bulls. Let's move into a Chicago native, Anthony Davis. So uh, still no resolution on Davis, still on the trade uh, demand and on the trade market. Pelicans are taking calls and sifting through and figuring it out. Davis and his camp have made it very, very clear at this point, it sounds like that he wants to go to the Los Angeles Lakers and be there. But the Lakers offer, you know, what they're reportedly to have offered up is pretty weak. It's it's, you know, um, it was Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma and Junk um, after that So it's just you know not really very good um, There I think it's going to take at least Three out of four of their young guys Add Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart Into the mix as well if not all four And then they're going to have to op- offer up some picks One of the things that seems to be Limiting uh, Davis's market Is obviously the Boston Celtics Cannot get involved at this point But it sounds like he does; He's not really overly interested in Boston And then his father came out And said after what they did to Isaiah Thomas I would want my son to play there um, with that. So, you know, still no resolution on Anthony Davis. So, uh, Pete, I'm going to go back to you. The mm-hmm. Lakers, if they want him, they've got to step up their offer considerably, right? Or the Pelicans should just say, then we'll hang on to him. We'll talk again in the summer.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I actually, you know, have him go into the Lakers. And and I feel like what the Lakers have to give up is um, at least two first round picks. They're going to have to throw in. Um, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and then uh, really the sweetener is going to be, you know, putting a guy like Lonzo Ball in. They're going to have to do three in there. And then you throw in a guy like Beasley or um, especially like uh, you could put Contavious Caldwell-, Caldwell Pope in there. You get back maybe an Alfred Payton um, along with Davis and then um, some other fillers, maybe Darius Miller Sheik Diallo, you know, guys like that, not necessarily all of those potential players, but just kind of filler guys in behind um, Peyton and Davis, you know, coming back. And I I feel like it's a big risk for the Lakers, but I just, I don't know with with everything centered off the court about Lonzo Ball, I just don't know that LeBron's going to want to necessarily have that continue. Then you've got Brandon Ingram, who I'm not sold on is ever going to be more than you know, the second or maybe even third guy in, um, LA. And the, the big thing for me that kind of tore on, on, you know, where I stood with the trade, I would, me personally, I would not want to have to put Kyle Kuzma in there. I would rather, you know, move a guy like Josh Hart than Kyle Kuzma, but I think to get it done and really, you know, push this trade forward, that's how they have to go. And it's a lot to, to ask, out of the Lakers, but if they want to make big moves and, and really push forward, they're going to have to make a big swing.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's not going to be, you know, and I think the other deal might involve Rajon Rondo going back, which Pelicans Mm -hmm. don't have any interest in uh, there. So kind of, I'm going to flip it over to you real quick for the, the the Anthony Davis and, and the Lakers, if let's say the Lakers hold and say this is it you you on your other show on the bench mob show you guys do a lot of uh you know playing general manager play general manager for the Pelicans at that point do you say then nope we're keeping them and we'll we'll go into the summer when we've got a much more wide open market including the Boston Celtics
3: I mean I don't know if the deals that we were discussing are a bit more generous than they're gonna actually be but that offer doesn't really even come close um to the stuff that's being offered i mean especially if if boston is saying that they're going to include tatum or if the knicks include like we discussed on our last episode all four first round picks and three young players or if i don't know if the sixers call up and include simmons or just there's so many i mean (laughs) i'm just i'm just tossing things out there as in like even the younger teams who are offering pick packages have a lot more to offer uh, than the Lakers unless they include at least three of the four young guys in Ingram, Hart, Kuzma, and Lonzo. And I think unless you do that, plus a pick, it's going to be tough to actually sway because it's, there's just so many so many people uh, making a lot of different offers. For us, we got to three-team trade, which is really interesting, and I think that's going to be the route that's going to be taken here by um, just another team trying to get in. Because of the amount of picks and young players being moved around, when you combine it with another team that can also include a lot of young picks and assets, then you can kind of make little puzzles of the entire picture and give it to each team separately and it, it creates a lot more interesting combinations
2: yeah i think there's a chance that is ultimately how this plays out because it's, it's let's say the lakers have to do a guy like Rajon rondo to make the money work well the pelicans don't want him but you may be able to flip him to another team that needs a point guard Yo, know, and says you know hey yeah we'll take him you know and figure this out as we go so that's that 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 is um something i could definitely see happening there my my kind of closing thoughts on the anthony davis stuff is is you want to get this over with if you're the Pelicans because this is just – it's no it's not good. And, you know, he's saying he wants to play, and now if you, you keep him, well, you don't want to play him because if he gets hurt, that's going to make a mess of things in the summer. And that, it's just going to be really hard, you know, on them. You don't want to have him, you know, kind of there. It's just one of those things we want to get over with. But they have to be smart and do what's best for the franchise going forward. And if it's going to be take these low ball offers – then you just wait and say, you know, what's going on? And, and I think people think is Davis has control here. He doesn't. The Pelicans mm-hmm. have control. Davis can say, well, you're only acquiring me then for the rest of this season and next season or just next season if it happens over the summer. And then I'm signing with the Lakers. But there's two things then that means the Lakers really are going to punt on cap space for another full season. Half of LeBron James' Lakers contract, they're basically going to say, eh, we'll just kind of be okay but not very very good. I find that highly unlikely. And then the other thing is a team like Boston 100% will say, we don't care, it's all about winning a title. Come here, play, we'll get a title, and then we'll handle it after. With the belief of you're not gonna be able to walk away from a championship team, you know, or a championship level team, especially one that can pay you more than anybody else as a free agent. And all those things. It's the the teams are now more willing than ever to take the Paul George, Kawhi Leonard route of we know this wasn't a place you were wanting to go, but we believe we can convince you and get you to stay here. And that's uh, you know, interesting. And the allure of Los Angeles just isn't what it once was half the league lives in LA now in the summertime and in the off season. So that's just not really a thing like it used to be. I don't, it's, you know, it still is. Don't get me wrong. It still has a draw to players, but it's not what it once was. It's not, you know, to the point where it's like, Oh my gosh, like go, like you have to be in LA and you want to be with the Lakers. There's, you know, a handful of uh, places that have really become, you know, desirable for players. I mean, a good chunk of the league lives and trains in Las Vegas in the summertime and there's not even a team there, you know, so it's, it's just, something you got to watch. But with the Pelicans also, they have made it very clear, they have no interest in trading Drew Holiday. Teams are calling and saying, "Hey, if you move Davis, you interested in Holiday?" that I think could change you know if we get into Thursday and a Davis deal is done or getting done I think then they could say all right you know maybe we go that direction but everybody else on the roster seems fair game Nikola Miritich Julius Randall guys who, who are on uh, expiring contracts that could you know bring them back a you know somewhat decent asset in return for them each one has got a pretty tradable contract at about 8.8 this year and then 8.6 next year now I think that what they would love to do if they if they can dump davis and or if they choose to trade away holiday is add solomon hill's contract to either one of those guys to get off that money going forward and then then we'll see and if they do this full scale sell-off that just means more Jalil oka for minutes which is you know got to be breaking your heart pete that this guy Mm -hmm. is dominating when he was uh you know once one of your main building blocks
0: (laughs) now with that now he is dominating scoring the ball i just feel like still the deficiency of the defense is there and i don't want to rag on it on what he's you know he's being successful successful i just i don't know i still see some of the same deficiencies he is quicker he's been better
2: Uh, i yeah you know he's been better on defense he's a lot more competitive yeah you know, I would say, but yeah, I mean, I just said that was just to get a dig.
0: I, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> but I mean, just, I feel like, I, I don't I know, know. you're I, actually
2: happy. I know you're, you're not bitter towards that.
0: No, the I, I six mean, six I guys. like, I like the, that he's successful. I just, I still feel like somehow Okafor is going to be kind of phased out in about two years. I just don't know. He doesn't shoot from the outside and he's going to have to develop at least a mid range jumper or something that he can, expand on that's going to help him stay relevant because I've just
2: been, being oh yeah I'm with you I've been on this train for for a while he's not a starting center and he probably mm-hmm. never will be just he's he's never going to be that guy but I think if you have him as your backup five I think you're in pretty good shape because in your backup groups, it sometimes helps those backup units to have somebody to oh. dump it into the post to to get consistent offense that can go score, yo, know, um, on a regular basis. So I think they think that that there is something to watch there um, that 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 does make sense. Con, I wanted to close out on the Pelicans, the Nikola Miritich, you again on the Benchmob podcast, you guys do a lot of fake trades and talk. I'm assuming he was a pretty hot, hot name. Do you have a favorite destination for Miritich that that makes a lot of sense to you? Philly, yeah. um,
3: I hey, would love Miritich exactly on I Philly <laughs> yeah. um, because I think that first-round pick is worth Miritich. And Miritich is just being tossed around the league for first-round picks. Very interesting. But right? <laughs> I think, I think, I mean, even if it's like a... Uh, I don't know if you want to go with like a straight Wilson Chandler for that's Maric. what see, I have. I had
0: Chandler and because a first rounder yeah,
3: Chandler and a first rounder maybe, and then also get like a depth piece back um, from the Pelicans. Maybe if you could swing like a Darius Miller and add like the bulls second round pick, that'll be really interesting too uh, because I think the Pelicans still would value that first round pick pretty highly um, and the bulls second round pick. And I don't think they have too much use, for Darius Miller going forward if Anthony Davis is gone um yeah. I don't know like that those are the types of oh, like Peyton or I don't know some under like guy on a small contract that has been producing a little bit lately um and that could be a number a number of yeah, players I, but do that basically
2: yeah I like that that Philly fit it, it almost seems almost too logical that mm-hmm. that would be the, the the direction that they they look towards it just you know may, it makes a ton of sense for for them i think you know that's something and i had a lot of people say well philly should be going after miritich if not him randall i don't like randall for I philly no i don't like it, randall. you know they don't they need a shooter at that spot you know mm-hmm. if, for for all that you know wilson chandler is not you know this great great player he does at least space the floor some you know randall doesn't do that and now you're talking you know now you're really looking at uh, that puts a ton of pressure on Jimmy Butler and JJ Redick in those lineups to well, you know, really now, space the floor.
0: Now you really have to look at it aggressively if you're the Sixers because Chandler's out for two yep. to three weeks. So, yep. Muscala started at power forward; it didn't look great. And night, yeah. I just, yeah, I just don't know that they can go the deadline without picking up somebody that can stretch the floor and maybe another piece or two.
2: Yeah, hundred percent yeah they definitely got to get a floor spacer at that uh four spot and it's you know a lot of people say we'll just put simmons at the four and start mcconnell well that that just again further weakens your shooting mcconnell it's it's not that mcconnell is necessarily a bad shooter he just he doesn't shoot he you know won't shoot so he's basically you know he's shorter simmons you know and from that respect he's just not going to shoot the ball so you know th- that's the thing though with philly i keep trying to remind people of this is if they could get a really you know uh, um a guy who that doesn't uh like a Bryn Forbes type, he's not a traditional point guard, but he's a knockdown shooter. Well, you can go that direction because you could play Simmons at the four and just you know be fine there. And it's you know, so having Simmons creates, you know, a lot of different ways you can handle that that position. It but be gonna fill it either either a shooting point guard or a shooting four man. Ideally probably the shooting four man um, would be be your best bet. All right, let's get into the um the all-star discussion here we're, we're, we're going to talk to Memphis Grizzlies but we'll talk to them towards the end of the show because we've got a question specifically on Memphis but let's get into the all-star discussion um, but before we do that just want to take a quick reminder to let everybody know we are brought to you by CLNS Media if you are enjoying the show please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review it would really help us out um, and of course tell a friend let them know we're also on all the other podcasts um, you know, applications so uh, con. Keep, keep me correct here but we're on like stitcher and spotify and yeah, we're
3: on everything so, yep
2: yeah so we're we're everywhere so you know if uh if you got one of those friends that's like i don't do apple products i'm not listening you know through itunes that's that's fine you are know, the podcast app that, that's okay you know but but uh you know just just tell me hey, you guys should find the show here and then you know maybe, maybe they'll uh you'll overcome and find it and enjoy it um we get a lot of you know really cool content coming your way of course trade deadline very busy and then post trade deadline we'll be talking buyouts. Then we'll get into the playoffs and, you know, then we'll really start gearing up for the offseason. We're going to be doing a lot of off season preview show, deep dives on teams and all sorts of stuff there. So, all right, coming back to what's relevant right now to the moment, though, guys, the all star teams were finalized and announced this past week. So we know in the Eastern Conference, the starters, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he is the captain and he will be uh, team team Giannis uh, there. Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard and Kemba Walker. Those were the other four starters as voted in um, by the fans, media, and player vote. And then the Eastern Conference coaches picked as reserves Bradley Beal, Blake Griffin, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Victor Oladipo, Ben Simmons, Nikola Vucevic, and then Oladipo obviously injured. He was already replaced by D'Angelo Russell. And then in a kind of cool twist, um, Adam Silver for this year's game added two uh, special legend spots, Hall of Fame spots, whatever you want to call them. And Dwayne Wade will be an All Star in the Eastern Conference, and in the West, that honor goes to Dirk Nowitzki. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm a huge fan. I think this is great. That's what this you know stupid game is for, is you know just to honor guys and see it out there. But as far as the you know quote unquote real reserves, I think in the East they got it exactly right. These were the guys that I picked um, to a T. Um, the, these guys I think. Did you have in the Eastern Conference anybody that you felt was a huge snub? Uh, Pete, you go first.
0: No, everybody. That was included. I know people argue Jimmy Butler should have been there. I don't think so, and I'm a Sixers fan. I just don't think he deserved a spot. Um, so exactly like you said, they got it right.
2: Con, anybody in the East that you could have, you know, said should have been there over somebody else?
3: Yes. Yeah, so in my initial um, kind of predictions or ballot that I made, I had Middleton out and D'Angelo Russell in instead. Mm -hmm. um with with Oladipo but then I also had Siakam instead of Kyle Lowry but that was me just trying to get Siakam there earlier than maybe he deserves I I don't mind the Kyle Lowry pick I just think that Siakam has been maybe I don't know they've been both really crucial and he was my pick it's kind of a toss-up between those two um and then I thought that Jimmy Butler was ahead of Middleton in that regard but Middleton, I mean, he he had a great start to the season. And I think just because he like slightly cooled off uh, is why I didn't have him on the ballot. But I'm not opposed to him being there. Um, Then that's the East. For the West, I had Doncic in there too, instead of Towns. But that was before Towns. Like, I mean, Towns started playing really well, but he's just continued playing really well. So I'm not mad at Towns being in there either. Clay was a kind of, you know. Right, wasn't really. I'm sorry. I'm going yep, through nope. every pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hang
2: hang on one second. So let's get get to the West. Um, in just a second here. Um, and I'm with you on. I I would have been fine if Siaka made it over Lowry. I also could have been talked to Eric Bledsoe over Chris Middleton. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, but I think Toronto and Milwaukee each needed two All Stars. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're both so good that you know team performance means a lot to me. If you're coming from a bad team, you better be killing. You better be like Vucevic where your team's not good but you're absolutely you know killing it and playing great all right in the west uh lebron james voted in as the captain and the starter um in the west he'll be joined by stephen curry kevin durant paul george and james harden as the other starters what will happen now is lebron and Giannis will do the all-star draft that's going to be this thursday on tnt so busy busy thursday trade deadline and then the all-star draft um you know, I think we're we're all going to get uh, Plenty of content out of those two mm-hmm. Two events on the calendar um, So what happens is they, they will Alternate picks, they have to pick first from the Starters, and then they go into the reserves And those West reserves are LaMarcus Aldridge, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, Carl Anthony Towns, Russell Westbrook, and then the aforementioned Dirk Nowitzki added there. This one A lo- little more controversial, I would have had Aldridge and Towns Out, and I would have had Rudy go and tobias harris in and it's um you know just one, one of those things that but i'm really fine with it i don't have a huge issue with with any of the guys who made it pete i think you had go in as well right
0: yeah i had go in and then i also had tobias harris in and who i took out of that equation um i did not have clay thompson in because i feel like um he's you know shooting his career worst um, from the floor, which is 46% from the field and 38%, which obviously is not bad from three, but it's his worst in, in his entire career. And I, f- I feel like, I don't know that, that he deserved to be there. And then my argument for, um, Tobias Harris is, you know, nobody really thought that the Clippers were going to be in the playoff hunt and he is having his, um, you know, best season and and he's their go-to scorer, 21 points a game, eight rebounds, and, you know, 43% from three. So all of those are career highs for him. So I felt like it deserved a spot there. Um, I was not in the realm of having Donchick in there. I think I love Donchick. I think he's a fantastic player. I just had him on the outside looking in. So I know a lot, you know, you had mentioned Donchick uh, being one of yours, but I, Donchick, I just feel it.
3: Doncic get the Donchick. second shot in there. Chick. Donchick, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm. I always, I always flub the the you know international names, unfortunately. So I to apologize you. to any Dallas fans <laughs> that are listening,
2: or or any uh you know Slovenian, Croatian, Serbians. Yep. Really, anybody who has the chitch sound, I uh, here's or maybe Doncic himself. Yeah, or, yeah <laughs> there you go. Be awesome. If we found a Luka Doncic listen to this. Silly show. <laughs> I'd be thrilled to find that out. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. And Con, you mentioned you know your your picks. I think in general, though, great, great, you know, great job. You know, all around, there's no you know, glaring, obviously. Like, holy crap, this guy's terrible and made a. Now, I, as I said before, big, big fan of Wade and uh, Dirk. Uh, Getting in there on those kind of legend spots. Do either one of you feel like that's stupid and they shouldn't have done that?
0: No, Um, I mean, obviously, I I think we probably all agree that it's a a positive.
2: Yeah, I've seen some of that doing that. Yeah, I'm with you too. And and it's what's also silly is, um, you know, they they one of the things they said to Giannis was he he came on. He's like, wait, there's why is there not 13 guys? Because his entire career, the NBA has been 13 active men um max rosters going in Mm -hmm. each game i think they should match at a minimum that some people have said go to 15 that's a little much yeah and you already have a couple guys who don't play anyway i just want at some point i want them to let um you know Dirk and wade everybody clear out let them maybe play a little one-on-one against each other i think that would be a lot of fun um you know, it, it, but you know, I will say the game has become more competitive, um, over the last couple of years, and I think this whole draft thing, you know, feels, you know, man, it makes it a little more competitive. But you know, we'll we'll see, you know, where it all runs to and how we get there. Um, you know, in the end, I just the, televising the draft is going to be a blast. Like, yeah, I'm have, curious
0: to see who gets drafted yeah. last, and like, yeah, if absolutely. it's Aldridge again, like at the <laughs> bottom of the. Yeah. It's It's
2: funny though because you know you already hear I think like Bradley Beal's already campaigning like just pick me last like you've got a couple guys who are already like that's fine you know pick pick me last. I think you're gonna unfortunately be Aldridge or Nick Vucevic because yeah. those are the guys where it's like eh, these big guys that you know are just kind of traditional dinosaur bigs like you know they're they're not necessarily fun in the all-star game despite the fact that, that, that they should both be there so you know and I just hope they come up with some really fun teams that you know involve a lot of you know fun passing and and things like that. I also, my only all star prediction is I guarantee in the all star game we get Ben Simmons takes a couple of threes. That's that was that's great prediction. to see that. <laughs> that's my know. prediction. And then everybody goes bananas, and then he doesn't take any the rest of the regular season and play yeah, that's about right in real games all right let, let's run through the transactions um here that that were around the nba because there were a handful um that happened that weren't trade related uh all 10-day contract kind of stuff so uh the memphis grizzlies signed bruno caboclo actually this morning to a second 10-day contract so there's a joke in there something about two 10 days from a two-year deal away or something i don't i, I can't quite get there um with the joke but i think you know good good on them and bruno showed some stuff uh, for the Grizzlies, we'll talk about them and the injuries everybody has hurt or just maybe kind of hurt but not playing. Um, we'll see. Cleveland Cavaliers, they signed Kobe Simmons to a 10-day. Phoenix Suns, Emmanuel Terry to a 10-day. And Terry's kind of a fun story. He was brought um, to the Denver Nuggets for training camp and then played in the G League. He's a, he's a Division two guy. Um, so kind of cool that he, you know, getting this opportunity in the NBA. And then the Minnesota Timberwolves, this is my favorite one of all. They signed Isaiah Kanan to to the 10 day or canon. I every time I think I know it, they say it's the different way to say it. But this is great. This guy suffered that catastrophic leg injury, just really, really gruesome, similar to like Gordon Hayward's uh last year. And you know, he's back and playing and that that's a lot of fun. You know, great to see him back on the court. Indiana Pacers, they let the 10 day for Stephen Hicks expire. They did not refill that spot. I think they're probably gonna go right up to the deadline and just just let it sit. Sit open for a little bit of roster flexibility there. And then the Washington Wizards close us out. Gary Payton the second, his 10 day expired. They replaced him with John Jenkins. And Pete, this is a guy I know you and I both like. Mm-hmm. Um as a shooter, I, I think we were both really high on him. Thought he could be a NBA guy, you know, long term. You know, so good to see him get this shot with Washington. I think, you know, you can run a lot of the same stuff for him that your your traditional stuff you ran for Bradley Beale. Yes. Um before Beale kind of started playing the harden role and handling the ball a lot. I think you could could run that same stuff for Jenkins, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like he fits the perimeter need really, because you know, Jordan McCray's not really a shooter. Obviously Sodoransky's more of a point guard ball handler kind of type. So it gives you good minutes. Um if they throw it at Jenkins, we'll see. I'm just surprised they don't play Troy Brown Jr. very or-
2: yeah, I think he's just so lost. I think they're they're not going to give him very many minutes just yet. He just he just doesn't look like he knows where he's supposed to be mm-hmm. out there. All right, let's get into the injury updates and then I'm going to bring you guys back in to close out the show with some trade deadline questions. The good news is this is a much shorter list and there's some good news on it. So Kent Bazemore for the Atlanta Hawks, he returned this week. Uh, you know, good for the Hawks, good for Bazemore and good for teams that Want to trade for Baysmore and good for the Hawks because they probably want to trade Baysmore away. Um, I he will, We'll see you know what happens with that, but good to see him back on the floor. Denver Nuggets, though, going the other way. Gary Harris and Jamal Murray are both out. Harris has a groin injury, Murray an ankle injury. They're both you know, ruled day to day. Harris has missed a lot of time this season. He's been in and out of the lineup uh, quite a bit, and that's going to be really important for the Nuggets to get both of those guys healthy because while they're getting good play, They're a great play from Monty Morris and Malik Beasley. They want to have those guys healthy. Clint Capella, thumb injury. Sounds like he's now traveling and working out with the Rockets. Getting close, I would expect him, you know, within a week or two of the All-Star break to be back in there. Probably not before, but shortly thereafter. LeBron James returned from his groin injury to the Los Angeles Lakers, and he sat out last night's game against the Warriors. But I think it's really, at this point, it's going to be kind of managing and getting him back. Up and running. The Memphis Grizzlies, everyone is either hurt or is – just being sat out um, in Memphis. So Mike Conley's got a knee injury, Well, but who knows how much that is is—that is really true. Garrett Temple, shoulder, he's been out. Um, Omri Casby, he's now going to be out for at least the next month, month and a half with a knee injury. And then Kyle Anderson and Jaron Jackson Jr. missed games uh, or missed a game the other day um, with a shoulder for Anderson and a quad injury for for Jackson. So, you know, at, at this point, I think Memphis is just kind of, in a spot of let's you know keep keep the guys who are part of the future if there's any question let's sit them out and if they're not part of the future then we will um you know let's let's you know be cautious here if we're looking to trade those guys Miami Heat, Dirk Jones Jr., you know, knee injury. It sounds like he's going to be out for a while. This could even be season ending. Bummer for that is he was going to be a, contest, a contestant in the NBA dunk contest, and now he's going to be out there. Eric Bledsoe, some Achilles soreness out for the Milwaukee Bucks, something to watch there. Achilles always kind of raise your eyebrow a little bit, like, hmm, what's, what's happening? And then you've got the Philadelphia 76ers, as we mentioned before. Wilson Chandler, quad injury, two to three weeks. That makes it much, much more likely in my mind that Philly goes and does something and then Portland Yusuf Nurkic is working through, through some knee issues right now so not doesn't seem to be serious but just something you always want to watch with a big with a knee injury so that kind of wraps up the injury updates so you know a couple guys going down nothing you know super serious outside of Jones um, and maybe Chandler there but everybody else you know uh, either on the mend or day to day all right, let's do. do let's do. Uh, wrap up the show here with a couple trade deadline questions. Let's start with Anthony Davis. So, Con, I'm going to go to you first. Does Anthony Davis get traded by Thursday's trade deadline? If yes, where does he go?
3: I'm going to say yes because I don't think Boston uh, is going to be able to match the offers that are going to go to him, and then because of that. I think it's going to go to the Lakers, but in a three-team deal type fashion, where the Pelicans get pieces from both the Lakers and some other team that's trying to get in on the action. All
2: right, Pete. Same question: Anthony Davis, if he gets traded, where does he go?
0: I think it's the Lakers, but I think it's a uh, you know team for team. I don't know that you know it does make sense that the third team would be involved, but um, like I said earlier, I, I just feel like they're going to have to. Uh, the Lakers are going to have to relent on on giving up you know, Ingram, you're going to have to give up Ball um, and you're going to have to give up Kuzma. If somehow they can convince, you know, the Pelicans to put Harden in instead of Kuzma, I'd be, you know, just fine with that. But I don't know. I th- I feel like the three guys out of the four are going to have to be what's the, you know, the prize of, of that plus some picks involved. It's going to take a mega offer because I, I feel like New Orleans knows that, you know, the Lakers are kind of, backed against the wall so to speak and they do have potentially Boston to step in later Um, so they could always just say not we're not doing it we're gonna keep Anthony Davis but I do think they pull the the trigger because LA knows that they lost on uh, Kawhi previously you know low balling so we'll see
2: so I'm going to go the other way from both of you guys. And I'm going to say, no, I don't think the lake. I think the Lakers are going to continue to try and you know, low ball and play these games. And I don't think they're going to get there. And then I think at the end of the day, the Pelicans are going to say it serves us best to wait until Boston can get involved as well as keep an eye on the New York Knicks, because mm-hmm. I think they're going to look to the Knicks and say, we want to know where that draft pick lands. If That thing lands at one done move them off to the Knicks you can just absorb it you don't even have to send us anything back uh salary wise but you know maybe they take Smith and that uh, number one pick and you know presumably Zion Williamson you know and, and all these other picks now that the Knicks have kind of stacked up um here they've got those two Dallas picks they've got their own picks so you know that, that's kind of in the been in the back of my mind you know Kevin Knox their way you know and then the then the Knicks really look at yeah, you know, we're going to build around Anthony Davis, and whether it be Kyrie Irving or somebody else um, to sign there. But I just, I think, I think the Pelicans are going to say it just serves us best to wait. As an addendum to that, I'll also say I think Davis comes back and plays for them this year because he's just not going to sit out the entire rest of the season. I think he's going to come back in and play, and you know, and unfortunately, I think he's probably going to play well enough that ruins New Orleans' pick for being anything better than it could be. All right, Keith,
3: Keith um, quick. yeah. Sorry, sorry, Just uh, I want your take on this because right now a lot of teams have expiring deals that they can throw in on the Anthony Davis trades because to make the money work. When you get to free agency, yeah, Boston comes into play, but a lot of deals become a lot more harder because there's no more contracts to give. So, I mean, is it really advantageous for the Pelicans if they know that, okay, the best offer that the Celtics could make is Tatum, Brown, and then these three picks – And then you have that on the backburners, but then every other deal that might not happen because of the expiring contracts actually expiring. So how does that play into
2: this Yeah, no, and it's a great point because, yeah, because let's use the Lakers, for example. You can't use Rajon Rondo's deal after the trade deadline because now he's a free agent. You can't do it. And people will say, oh, sign and trade and do all this. Yeah, that happens sometimes, but not really. But here's my thing with the Pelicans is unless they go the Knicks route of give us draft picks and young guys – I don't think they are throwing in the towel and saying, let's make a full scale rebuild because I don't know that they can. It would have to be Zion, you know, of like, come out and see this guy. We got the number one dude here. Otherwise, from the Lakers and Boston, there's just not those guys that are going to move the needle. And that's as much as I like some of the Lakers young guys. And I love Jason Tatum. I just don't think those are guys you're selling season ticket packages to people to come see. So I think what you're looking at there is I think for them, it becomes a little more, we'd rather have maybe some more established talent to try and push this thing forward quicker than it should be of personal opinion no take the you know take expiring contracts bottom this thing all the way out as far as you can but i'd also be i'd move every single other person there's, there's not a keeper on that roster for me i'd move every single other guy you know if you're trading davis it doesn't make sense to even keep holiday but right. that's just fortunately i don't think the way the pelicans are thinking but that's a great question con because it does it does make it in some ways it becomes easier because roster spots spots aren't a consideration really and then you can move money around a little easier but then you do run out of those expiring deals so so we'll see you know, where that goes. All right, Con, I'm going to go right back to you. Which player is the most likely to be traded at the trade deadline?
3: Um, I think it's going to be Mike Conley, actually. Okay. Um, because I don't think the Grizzlies want to go that route, and I think that there are there is a decent amount of uh, demand for him. Um, the Jazz being one of them. Maybe Philly gets into the mix somehow. Maybe the Suns want to make an offer. I think there's a lot of teams
2: that would want his
3: skills, and I think it, it'll happen.
2: All right. So, Calm went to a big name. Pete, who's who's yours?
0: Yeah, I had a mixture of guys. I have like Rodney Hood's definitely. Um, I think Dwayne Edmonds next. Brandon Knight's another name that you're going to 100% see moved. Um, Wayne Ellington, another one. I try to keep it smaller moves because I feel like there's always that risk of. You know, with the bigger names, they just can't get something done in time. Although I do think, you know, in agreement with Khan, that that Khan leaves, you know, very, very, very likely to be moved.
3: Yeah. What's the risk, know. though, Pete? I <laughs> What's mean, the risk that we're wrong on our prediction. Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I, I just <laughs> yeah, the risk is
0: we're wrong on the prediction. Yeah, I try to try to be as right as I can for the most part, just for for the track record, because you get all the the mentions of oh, you're dumb and you don't know what you're talking about and stuff like that. So I like to try to try to keep it to where you know uh, logical. Things that make sense. You
2: get so. you get a trade trade wrong here. I'm not gonna. I'm probably not gonna fight. <laughs> That's um, go. no, yeah. I, I do think I, I do think Conley oh. has become increasingly more likely here in the last week or so. I know, um, you know, the the, the Utah room is rumor is out there that they're you know willing to jump in on him. So I think you know there's something there for me. I'm going Kent Kent Baysmore. It just makes too much sense. And honestly, the deal that that. It is the most logical deal on the entire board that I can see is Kent Bazemore for Brandon Knight in a pick. It just, I don't know why (laughs) that isn't getting done. Um, it seems like that, that should already be done. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, I think Bazemore really, really helps the Rockets as kind of a mini Ariza, uh, for them. And obviously Knight does nothing for them and then doesn't really do, he kind of slots into the Jeremy Lin role. Um, but the Hawks they are you know, I'll I'll watch them because basemore deadman lynn now they're talking they move tory and prince i think the hawks are going to be one of the most active teams at the trade deadline i wouldn't be surprised Agreed. if they make several different moves all right next question pete i'm going to go to you first on this one what contender so so keep keep this to the realistic teams here that we think have a shot at you know making the finals and maybe going at it so you know in the, in the east that's milwaukee toronto philadelphia boston in the west you know there's a number of teams you can pick from. So, which contender do you see making maybe a surprise all-in move that we don't see coming here? You know, a few days out, but all of a sudden you're looking at it like, wow, they really are going for it.
0: I think it's Toronto, and they take a swing at Marcus All.
2: Man, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I
0: think that you, like Valentinus could get you there, and then you know you. I mean, I, I don't know other fillers other than Delon Wright, really, but I, I feel like that's a big swing to get, you know, Gasol in a good situation. You know, you basically then can bring a behind him, you know, off the, or behind Gasol off the bench in Toronto. And that's, that's a really, really tough team to beat come playoff time. And to me really puts them in, in the driver's seat to, to be the um, team in the NBA finals. If that deal was to be made, I think it's that much of a um, game changer, um, you know, from that perspective. And, I would look at, I don't think it's a, I don't personally look at Philly as a final, finals contender, but I think they could be right there for the Eastern Conference um, finals. And I think that they definitely, because especially now with, um, with uh, Wilson Taylor being out, I think, like we mentioned, they're going to have to make a move for a stretch big. But I think this is the time that you see Markel Fultz moved. And I would not be shocked if, Dwayne Dedman comes back from the Hawks in some kind of move involving faults. I know it's not a, you know, like earth shattering move, but I think that's enough where you can spell and bead for a good bit of time and feel comfortable with, you know, Dedman in there, um, you know, basically as a, uh, as a fill in. And then, you know, obviously the Miritich trade I I mentioned earlier um, as part of that. And then you get two great rotation pieces, um, you know, in one deadline.
2: Yeah no I, yeah, I'm gonna Go next cause my team's also The Toronto Raptors and I think I think the Gasol deal makes a ton Of sense for them I think that's the Kind of move you make that really Um lowers or yeah uh, Raises your floor and um mm-hmm. And also your ceiling as well. I think that really starts pushing you you up the ladder quite a bit again because you're gonna in that type of deal. You're gonna get get rid of Valentunas. I think your whole goal here is to keep Kawhi Leonard and keep mm-hmm. him happy and engaged and believing. You know, hey, you can win a title here in Toronto. And I think Gasol is the guy who can really kind of maybe push this team you know over the top because I think in the playoffs when the game slows down and you want to. You want to kind of have that defensive backbone. I think he gives them somebody to throw at Joel Embiid in the East. I think, you know, if you really want to flip it forward down the line, he's a guy against the Warriors. You could throw up against Cousins because I don't think they've got that guy right now. That mm-hmm. can do can can handle those you know bigger you know more powerful uh, traditional type centers. I think think that's uh, you'll know, worry that Ibaka is going to hold up and be able to do that for you know a seven game series. So I I, I really like that because I'll move for Toronto. So maybe, maybe we're both saying that Maybe it's not yeah. such a. Surprise.
0: I think like I also think like if you because you're you're sending out Delon right, so you really could throw in a guy like Shelvin Mack or something. Yeah, make salaries work, and then even going to the other side. Um, I think maybe even try to get them to take on because you would obviously you more than likely throw a pick to to Memphis. Yeah. Um, maybe see if they would try to take on a guy like CJ Miles since he's been struggling. I mean, it doesn't have to happen, but sure, you know, you could potentially do that.
2: Yep. All right, Con. Who's your contender that you think could could go all in?
3: uh well
0: don't say mind. the
2: Toronto Raptors <laughs>
3: I can I can I give a different spin on it though sure, yeah, and not go with Gasol yeah. um because I was gonna say the Raptors and also yep. gonna say like if you include OG and Siakam in a deal with two first round picks I, I think that's just as competitive uh, as an offer for Anthony Davis as any other team. Yeah. Um, so I don't see why the Raptors wouldn't try to just have Kawhi and AD on the same team. That's just as like ridiculous as LeBron and AD and all that. Yeah. So I think that's something that people aren't really considering because for some reason Siakam's off the table from the Raptors. But it's Anthony Davis that we're talking about. So I feel like it, he doesn't need to be off the table. It's just obviously a super risky move, and then also, Keith, I want to ask you another question. Sure. Um, if could you put in like the deal or the trade, like if the draft does take in high schoolers, then we get the pick. If not, then it pushes on to the next year until like twenty twenty four or twenty twenty five. If if that doesn't happen until then, then we get the pick. Like, is that is that some type of language that can be put in?
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think you can put the language in like that, but I think what you could do is you give the the acquiring team the right to defer. So you you essentially accomplish it that way.
3: Uh, OK, uh, where, you okay. Know,
2: hey, we're going to give you a 2023 pick, um, you know, but you have the right to defer and not take it till 2024 or 2025 or whatever year, yo, you, know, you want to stretch it out to. I think that's sure. how you get you get around that language because you can't you're not going to be able to put it in the way you suggested just because that's yeah 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 but but yeah you you could you could get there we only really ever see the defer language used on second round picks there's actually one of those that's out there i believe it's right now i'm going to look it up i think it's uh golden state and dallas have a pick that dallas owes to to the warriors um that the warriors can um can can defer on or or maybe they could have and that might have now has changed as you know they've made other moves but that was out there that that there was a pick that golden state could have said yeah, you know uh, well we're gonna wait you know not take this pick but, but yeah you, you can do that I like your idea though of Toronto going all in and I think you know why not right it's uh you know if you're if you're really gonna do it and if you're Toronto you know you then I think you feel confident in saying just like you did with Kawhi this year or well, we get the half a year of Davis for the rest of this season and then we got them all next year and then you get you open yourself up to all those same options of then they can trade them and go get the big, you know, package back. They want to deal them somewhere. You know, could you imagine them, you know, trading for Davis now and then saying, "Hey, Danny, Ainge, you really still want Anthony Davis? Give us Tatum and Brown." You know, right in the oh, same wow, division. Yeah. Like that'd be, there you know, you go. like oh. that's. There it. you so, go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I re- I do I do like that idea. I like that same thing for the Milwaukee Bucks you know, if they wanted to throw in and I don't think they have the young guys to get there like Toronto does. Um, I think that's, that's the problem. Milwaukee's, you know, uh, young young talent isn't they they their guys are not gonna move, right? They're not gonna move Giannis. So then it starts to become their guys are a little bit more veteran um types. But yeah, but if you want to throw in, you know, Siakam and, and Ananobi and one of the guards, you know, and then you're you know, to build up salary, I think Toronto could could put it together too, where they could get up high enough to say, send us home and he'll steal back. That's fine. You're know, Darius Miller or Wesley Johnson or whatever, you know, kind of crappy contract you want to send back their way. That I, I really do. I really kind of kind of like like that one a lot. So all right, let's let's close it out. Con, you already said you think Conley gets dealt. Do you think Marcus gets dealt? If yes, where?
3: Um, I think Marcus is going to end up staying. I don't know. Like I've gone through a lot of Marcus trades, and maybe like you can make something work. I just don't know if Memphis really wants to just give up both of their iconic players um, and just keeps Marcus around. Because the offer doesn't really sway them in a positive direction.
2: All right, Pete. We 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 talked about Conley. Your dude Conley and Gasol. Do you think one, the other, both get get dealt? If so, where do you think they're going?
0: I think both. I think Conley goes to Utah. I think that deal, you know, goes through Rubio and probably Derek Favors um, coming back. Uh, then with Gasol, I'm like 50 I I like my obviously my Toronto deal. I would not be shocked if somebody like Portland really tries to jump in and make something happen. But I don't, I mean, I can go either way. I could see it to where it's like they really try to aggressively push for Gasol, but they just can't get something done. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, like I said, I really still like my Toronto deal. It really shores up Toronto for a finals run.
2: So this is the the, the danger of our group. Thank here, P And you and I are approaching this from similar places because I also like Portland. For for Gasol, I wouldn't be surprised they could get there pretty easily money wise too. It would involve, you know, throwing Myers Leonard probably back uh towards Memphis, and then you're gonna have to, you know, obviously pay them in terms of a pick or something like that. So I could I could see it there. Well, one team that I'm gonna throw out there just to kind of keep an eye on that I think you could get frisky around the edges for um for Gasol, maybe the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I know they've got Jarrett Allen, but then you've kind of now you've locked that down with those two guys and you know, and the and the Nets have some some things they can do. They their their challenges after uh buying Alfare, they just don't they they don't have the tradable salary. I do think the Nets are gonna be active trying to get somebody, but you know, I think that would have made sense. And I think Gasol would have fit perfectly on Milwaukee had they not had uh brooke lopez there and playing playing so well but but he's somebody you know and then i could see maybe a team like the los angeles clippers saying you know what let's let's go get him um and go but i think that would be dependent on believing he is going to opt out of his contract and then the last one i'll throw for mark gasol is the washington wizards if they could say you know what take back um you know uh yon mahin and we'll throw you something else to get there money wise you know maybe a Markeef Morris who's injured or something like that to get there i think that could make sense because the wizards obviously have no no uh thoughts of being anything but a playoff team you know this coming season so i think well, you know, you,
3: what would they need really yeah. to give an asset though you need to give like a yes yeah, so you
2: give asset, a, you like get, yeah them. you give a pick you know you, you throw them one of their i mean they've thrown away okay. first pick after first round pick yeah so wouldn't surprise me what if they, do you went that direction
0: think of like detroit trying to jump in the fray and really make a a strong move i know obviously it's going to take a lot of like getting yeah, rid of reggie have, jackson and stuff like that you know, would probably
2: have to be andre drummond going back mm-hmm. to memphis and i just don't think drummond and jackson fit i think that's you know as clunky as drummond and griffin is right. so i, I don't I, I can't i can't can't see that one, you know. And then obviously they, they don't have the way to get there money wise. I don't think. Um, but you know, the Spurs would love Mark Gasol. They probably love Mike Conley too. But the Spurs just don't right. do anything at the trade deadline. And the reason I didn't talk Conley is I do think I think that deal with Utah is going to get done. One thing I will caution though is I wouldn't trade Derek Favors in it. Get there other ways, you know, Rubio, Dante Exum, other stuff. Because mm-hmm. you trade away Favors, they only have they, then then you're left with one big. You're left mm-hmm. with Blair and that's it. And you're you then you're really you're going to the buyout market. You're going somewhere to get that second big. I just, you know, I I, I wouldn't do it. I think it, you know, runs too much of a risk to, you know, throw throw favors in, in that deal and you know, figure that out. Unless you're, you know, somehow you're gonna get to Conley and Jamichael Green, maybe then all right. Then that's like, that's I what it. I
0: had. I had Jamichael Green in there kind of coming back over just yeah, to match if, up.
2: If, if you can if you can do that with you know something like favors Rubio and Exum for you know Con- Conley and Green, all right, then that might maybe make a little more sense. But mm-hmm. you know, but well, we'll see. All I do know, guys, is this is going to be a fun week. Um, what we are going to do is just like con and i did we two of us will get together um, as quickly as we can if there is a big trade that goes down and at this point i think you know assuming we get the kind of trade deadline day we are hoping for we're going to come at you with an earlier um, than usual show we'll we'll do a show on thursday wrapping up um, everything that went down across deadline day um, if it is a dud of a deadline and there's not, you know, much happens, then we'll do our typical Sunday wrap-up show. If it's just, you know, hey, the Chicago Bulls, eight, seven more contracts throughout the mm-hmm. course of, you know, deadline day, then, you know, that can wait wait for Sunday. But if we get a big move Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, we will definitely come at you that night uh, with an episode and then otherwise look for us to come back on Thursday as we're hoping for an exciting trade deadline. Con, tell everybody where they can find you on social media and what all's going on with you
3: yeah you can find me personally at iconic uh spelled with my name and then our podcast at the benchmark nba one thought that i just want to end the pod on we talk about nba like trades and analysis and all this uh, a lot and it's really fun and entertaining for us but i'm sure it's like the most stressful week for the players and their families because some people don't even know that they're going to be moved and randomly just have to move and to another city, and they don't know what's going to happen in a week. So I just want to shout out all the players uh, for giving us a great sport, and also hope all the best for you guys because <laughs> it's um, these are families that get uprooted and move, and I think we talk about it strictly financially, but the hardest part is the personal, like the personal part. So just wanted to mention that before anything, um, and then we're also doing i I'll talk about my event, uh the mock trade deadline live event in boston if you're in the boston area it's going to be a super fun event just hit me up we're trying to get registrants kind of finalized um by friday and yeah hit me up if you want more details on that
2: yeah and what con said 100% spot on these guys are still people they're still people with families i go back to A couple years ago when Serge Ibaka was traded for Terrence Ross, there was a lot of, why is Ibaka not reported? Why is he not playing yet? And all this stuff. That went on with that and one of the things is that you have to remember is these guys do have lives and it involves like now i gotta figure it out i gotta get up to a whole new in this case a whole new country um you know i gotta you know figure out how i'm gonna get there and all of a sudden you're you know uprooting your entire lives and people will say oh they make millions of dollars that, that doesn't make it easier you know you you know it's a uh, pp and i both have young kids and mm-hmm. you know they they don't Care All you would be explaining to them is, hey, you know, maybe if you're staying here, um, you know, I am uh, going away and, you know, I'll see you again in three or four months. Or, you know, all right, you're coming with me and you're leaving all your friends and your school. And that's that's and all that super hard. Behind. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's a try, try to encourage people to remember. And I know I know what the people are going to fire back with is, oh, yeah, well, I could make it work for, for my millions of dollars. Well, it doesn't that doesn't make life easy easier in that respect you know it makes makes a lot of things easier and i'm as guilty <laughs> as just a lack way. of empathy no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm as guilty as anybody else. I get super excited about trades, and I instantly go right into the you know what's the cap implications. You know, I sometimes I think about that more than I do the on floor stuff, and that's just basketball wise. But yeah, to go into it with the you know approach of you know who are these guys and you know well what do they work that that really does become uh you know you know tricky. So, Connor, I appreciate you saying that. That's a you know good note. Pete, find tell everybody where they can find you.
0: Uh, You can find me at Pete Toll NBA on Twitter. So it's P-E-T-E-T-O-A-L. Just want to, you know, basically hope everybody watches a good uh, game between the Thunder and the Celtics at two o'clock before gearing up for the Rams to win the Super Bowl uh, tonight. So um, hope, hope that happens and and Keith's probably going to hate me forever after, (laughs) after this, but um, I, you know, definitely want to see that happen. I, I just, you know, not not the the biggest Tom Brady fan, but um, on a basketball note to end it um, for all you Knicks fans, Dennis Smith Jr. and DeAndre Jordan are both starting yep. today against the Memphis Grizzlies, so we get to see pretty quick how um, they fit into uh, the plans there in New York.
2: And that was really just for Khan and I Because everyone will hear that after But but no, but yeah, it is good to see them You know, both playing It was There was some concern that, that Jordan and Matthews might never play For New York, so I think that's You know, a good idea As I will say, on the, the Celtics and Thunder This is the 11th straight year The Celtics have hosted a Super Bowl matinee And the Patriots will play for the 5th time In those 11 years in the Super Bowl Later that day, the Celtics are 9 Or I'm sorry, they are 8 for their previous 10 um, There in you know, so we're we're hoping that in in the Boston area that gets everything off to a really good good start here, um, as they do do play the Thunder later on Sunday. You know, as for me, go Patriots! If you're hearing this before or after, we will see. Um, you know what? Uh, you know well, well, how that turned out. You know, you'll either get. Get me later this week, you know, kind of sad and grumpy, or you'll get me super excited and you know, uh, pumped, pumped about you know where things went. But again, this has been the NBA Front Office Show. We are brought to you by CLNS Media. We thank you so much for joining us here for this episode. If you uh like the show, please again tell a friend and then head over to wherever it is you review. Ideally, it's iTunes and you give us a five star rating review, it would really help the show out. We would appreciate it. Again, the NBA Front Office Show brought to you by CLNS Media. We will talk to you next.
1: Time. And now, an ad from Dad. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with progressive. Hey, another way to save money, don't buy those uh, expensive coffees every morning, you know. And then you can save up for, a, uh, don't know, a really nice dress shirt. I'm just saying, it's great that you feel comfortable here at work, but, you know, an adult could walk in. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
2: All right, let's pull up over here and drop a line. Okay, your feet wet. My feet are f- wet. Here's the f- drain plug. You put the plug in the f- drain, right? Uh, it's on the f- dock.
1: There's a reason they say curse like a sailor. Ah, f- Many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at progressive.com Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.